Greetings, loyal listeners, and welcome to the next episode of the Science Talk Podcast, episode number nine, The After Lunch Party. With me here today is my good chum, Jason Berry, a.k.a. Shigemoto, and my good friend from the Sega forums and Sega Bix, and Sega, a.k.a. Shadow Legend, a.k.a. Smelly Hippie. How are you two doing today? We're doing great. Doing awesome, man. Woo, we are free tomorrow, yeah. We are coming to you live, reasonably close to the E3 building. We're coming pre-recorded live. Yes, not we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're currently I'm about a mile away, uh, Jason's about 30 miles away, or something like that, and, and Sega's on the other side of the country, smoking some pot and loving life, and just watching and waiting as we get the news for him. As all of you will be doing, pot aside, unless you actually do that, unless you actually do that stuff, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. I hope you enjoy our coverage. It will be on both Sonic Stadium and Segabix. Different articles on both sites by different writers, so I encourage you to look at both. It'll be good. Sonic Stadium listeners, go to Segabix, please. Now then, um, first up, uh, what we've been up to. Obviously, I've been flying across the country in uh, in an airplane uh, to L.A. from my humble abode in Delray Beach, Florida. I've um, been I've I've been playing a little bit of 3DS lately, mostly Sands of Destruction, and um, before that, I was playing Locks and Locks of Halo. I've also um, been reading some comic books, and uh, I've also been going with. I also had to go without sleep because I've uh, I couldn't I couldn't sleep the day before I had to leave because I was leaving at 4 a.m. and well anyway <clears throat> um, and I also I've also I also enjoyed some sweet sweet lovely tsunami very very good to have the block back and I hope all of you are are watching uh, Jason what have you been up to I've been watching my sister I mean my niece play uh, DC online on my PS3 and basically hogging it this weekend, <laughs> and in between that, I've been playing Dragon's Dogma from Capcom, which is surprisingly very good, better than I was expecting, and I got Resistance 3 on the Vita, which is a little disappointing in spots, but it's still good in some spots. It needs, it, not, it, not it's just average. Not Resistance 3, Resistance Burning Skies. Resistance, yeah, yes, Resistance be... Burning Skies on the Vita. It seems Jim Sterling's two may not have been completely unjustified, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm still waiting to try it on your Vita. Is Dragon's Dogma like a Japanese Western RPG? Yeah, kind of like here? that. It's kind of Skyrim-ish, only it's also action, Devil May Cry kind of oriented. Where I mean, it's, it's cool, and and you uh, have a traveling companions called pawns that come from some other dimension. They give an excuse <laughs> why, why because they're AI, they might act funny at times because oh, they're from another dimension and they act differently from us, basically. Oh, but other than yeah. that, but uh, other than that, they uh, help assist you in your battles, which you need really desperately. The only problem is they don't stop talking. They constantly talk and all the time. In fact, when you gain a new quest, the damn wizard in the back always goes, I have gained quest knowledge. <laughs> I'm like, you have oh, wow. to say that out loud? Why? So, uh, I and cool. see a new IP. What have you been up to? Oh, all right. Well, I've been uh, 
pretty much if I'm talking about video games, I've been doing some digital stuff. I just got uh, Rayman 3 HD remake on Xbox Live, and I'm like, you know, I liked, uh, I loved Rayman Origins, and I beat Rayman 2 on 3DS, so I thought, why not try 3, because I never played it. And it's weird, because they actually talk in English, in full voice-acted English. It's the only Rayman game where they did that, and it's, <laughs> it, sometimes they talk a little too much, but it's, there's some pretty funny, like, jokes in it, especially there's, like, this one stoner doctor character who has yeah, so really funny, like, like yeah, he's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I cracked up at that. But it's 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 usually the usual Rayman like quirky French like humor. Like the game's a little it's probably more frustrating than the other Rayman games. You could tell that it's the only one that um the creator of the series was involved with. But yeah, there's yeah. still a lot of it's still fun and it looks nice in H D. Uh yeah, Knuckles. So uh, any anything else? Um, um besides that besides that just I've been playing Halo, just like you. Um, <laughs> Halo Four. Yeah, I'm play, yeah. I play. I've been playing it on. I just got Xbox Live for the first time in a while, so I've been playing that with people online. Nice. That's pretty cool. With oh wait, we the, can play now. I can kill you by shooting you in the face. Yeah, dude, you actually can. <laughs> and, uh, oh and, but wow, but you would though be because awesome. I'm, I'm probably better at Halo than you. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, that's, I'd say that's about it. That's what I've been up to lately. Oh, watching the press conferences. I, I forgot to say I've also been I've also been watching Jasmine, a uh, an, an anime series about light. Uh, oh God damn it! Light Kua, light Yam, light Yagami. Yeah, there, there's his name. Who who obtains a notebook that kills people when he writes their name in it, and he oh, kind of goes no. mad with power and starts purging the world of criminals, and it starts this whole chess game between him and various opponents as they try to catch he, catch him as he as he obtains the uh, identity of the murderous of the murderous vengeful man of so-called justice Kira and it's interesting I, I very rarely watch anything where the antagonist is this power hungry and unlikable but it's it's fun <laughs> I'll say that much characters in this are really smart really intelligent. It's nice to have an anime that isn't all action or boobies or something. Have either of you watched Death Note? I know of it, and I know it's popular, but I haven't seen it myself. One of my friends loves it, and I never really saw it either, but he raved about it. Well, you should see it. I recommend it. Unless you hate dark things, it's your kind of thing, I think. No, I've heard it was good, yeah. I may have to check it out one of these days. Though it's funny what they'll do in that anime series sometimes. I don't know if they're if the if it's because the people who uh, storyboarded the um, the uh, uh, car, uh, the the show are like um, people who storyboard action shows or something. But like Yagami will do the strangest things in dramatic in a dramatic way. Like at one point he says, "And I will eat this chip," and he takes a chip out of the bag, and he. Bites it in half, and the salt flings and gl- glitters into the air. It goes, Shh, and another one where he's epically writing names in a in a notebook. And I only the Japanese can make eating a chip and writing names in a notebook look epic. <laughs> that that is very true. <laughs> that is true. It's kind of borderline ridiculous, really, but um, <laughs> it doesn't happen that often, at least from what I've seen. 
Anyway, okay, getting away from Death Note and on to the next part of our little show, Sonic News. Um, now, of course, the Sonic, 2, Sonic Adventure 2 Avatar items were announced to be, to, to be debuting um, tomorrow, or, de- or today, depending on when we can get this podcast up, um, June 5th. And, of course, we're all basically expecting uh, Sonic Adventure 2 to be on the Xbox Live. Um, can't really say much more than that in regards to how much we expect it to be on there, but needless to say, we've prepared at least a little something on uh, for Tuesday Tunes in anticipation for that, so we'll see. Um, now then, uh, well, what do you guys think of this? What do you guys want? Um, I'm not surprised that, you know, that this is coming. They are, we, they're already kind of, uh, got leaked out from a list before, and, uh, you know, it's it's just pretty much inevitable, inevitable that Sega's trying to put most of their Dreamcast library now on downloadable. Uh, mm. So I'm happy to see it. Um, uh, I'm hoping it'll be both on uh, Xbox, PlayStation, maybe some other downloadables, like maybe the Vita oh, or God, the Wii, yes. Wii U. I don't care about the Wii U so much for this, but Vita, please, Sega, you know it looks good for you. Do it. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, and Sega, speak. You love this game. I think, I think. Um, well, I mean, obviously, I love, uh, I love Sonic Adventure too. Um, and it's cool that it's finally going to get a digital uh, release. Sonic Adventure One's been released death already. Um, the only thing I kind of worry about is that it hasn't aged well in certain areas, and I really hope that. I mean, I hope Sega's touched it up a little bit, um, or at least put it in high def. But we'll see. That's just a hope for me. And I, I kind of doubt they've really touched it up all that much. I do too. I doubt it, but I kind of hope they do, just because otherwise it's going to be trashed pretty mercilessly by the press. And that oh, sort of they'll trash it either way. In order for the press to not trash it, it will have to be a completely different game. <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, but at the very least, though, I expect this to be uh, to, to, for them to put more effort into this than into Sonic Adventure Two. Partially because they have different developers handling these games now, and they're more competent developers. The uh, they have they have a whole different developer handling Jetset Radio as opposed to Sonic Adventure DX and uh, Sega Bass Fishing and stuff. So we can, we can probably expect something, maybe maybe a second stick utilization or something, if the game is real, of course. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, personally, what, what, one thing I'd really love to see is online multiplayer, particularly for the Chow Gardens. I think that is something that Sega has woefully underused since they uh, went third party, is uh, on- online Chow Gardens, or at least online Chow races and fights. I think they should just do that in the next Sonic game, just go all out with the Chow, just do all this crazy well, online stuff. They- They've said repeatedly, oh, no, 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 Chow is a Sonic Adventure thing only. I'm thinking, okay, then, make Sonic Adventure 3. Sonic Adventure 3. <laughs> friends. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, anything else before we move on to the next subject? No, I think that's it. Oh, I did add to our subject uh, matter here. Uh, Sega's booth at uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars at, at E3 tomorrow is expected to have a uh, celebrity uh, appearance, uh, uh, yes, but we don't know yes. who it is. Um, yes, yeah. now, um, anyone got any predictions before, of course, I go off on my tangents? 
Um, I have no clue who it could be. Uh, it could be just small, uh, well, not small time, but someone who's been there before, like maybe Yuji Naka or uh, Nagoshi. Nagoshi. But uh, but uh, we don't really know who it is. It could be just like a fictional character, like Mario or something's in the game now on Wii U or, or something like or that. But I have, I, would, I don't have I would, a clue who it is. I would be surprised at all if that's what it is. It's like a celebrity, and then just. Some dude in a Mario suit. I guarantee. Like, that's my <laughs> prediction. I think. I know it would be corny, but hell, it would sell a lot of copies. Maybe at least on the Wii U, if Mario was going to be in it, it would it would definitely help help it with the really it. And now Alex says who he predicted. Sega Tashiro, Sega Tashiro, Sega Tashiro. That is who my prediction. Sega I mean, the guy has actually even worked with Sega very recently. He he helped them. He uh, dressed up as Rambo and helped them promote their new Rambo arc. Well, okay, not new anymore, but their uh, Rambo arcade game. So he's still with. He, he still does things for the company. And Segato Sanchiro would like be the ultimate Sega fangasm, perhaps only surpassed by uh, a new a, a new a new uh, Nike's game uh, with uh, with a with. Okay, I'm tr- trying to think of a good mashup of Sega awesomeness, but I guess something to do with Nike's, Nike's uh, Sega Saturn and Panzer Dragon Orta, Skies of Arcadia, Fantasy Star Online, and uh, Shinobi. Shenmue. I <laughs> Shenmue. And Shenmue, right, of course. Sh- Shenmue 3. All that stuff just comes out in one massive game. That, that, that was, that's what it takes to surpass Sagata Sanchiro in, the, uh, in Sega All-Stars, particularly if it comes here himself. Which I hope so. I pray to I pray to Sega God, please, please let this happen. Though it would make me lament not bringing my Sega Saturn so he could sign it. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <clears throat> um, anything else? Anyone would like to add or? No, that's no, we'll, it. We'll see you tomorrow. Sorry if perhaps or this today, um, depending. This uh, podcast seems a tad more organized. We're, we're, we're actually re-recording this because someone didn't buy their Skype recorder and our last copy of this podcast got deleted. Uh, yeah, I thought I was just recording it, and you apparently it wasn't recording it at all because the trial's ended on it and wants me to re-purchase uh, it. Or, and you or, didn't realize uh, it. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, it's a lo- That was so, a long trial. Because, <laughs> yes, because he, he didn't... He, Anyway, and I'm um, very glad I was not part of that podcast. <laughs> I have a feeling that uh, without she actually kidding here, who's in the last edition of this, um, though for the record, the last edition of this was horrible. So, really, it's probably very good that you didn't get it. But Sonic Monopoly slash Memory announced. Now, is it, can anyone else talk passionately about this, or is it all going to fall to me? Uh, it can't do any harm. Well. Uh, like I said, it's probably just a Sonic version of Monopoly with a few little changes here and there. And yes. memory, of course, will have the characters. And I think, I think with the since Sonic's a big, she tends to be a bigger hit with kids and adults. I think memory will probably sell better. Bye. Who, who, who buys memory? Forget about memory. And in the last podcast, I would have cursed incessantly about that, but that was one of the problems with the last podcast so uh, that's one of the good reasons why it didn't come back why, why it didn't get recorded Incessant but anyway <laughs> really? I would like Sonic Monopoly to include 
various levels and locations. Because GX Echidna said last time that the uh, Mario Monopoly game just had you building things on characters, and that just seems wrong to me. How can you build a hotel on Amy? Let alone several hotels, or that big green house hotel. I forget what it's called. What is it called? Do they, they have a name for that? The Big Green House Hotel. Which one? Park Place? No, no. When you get three hotels, but then when you can add another one, instead of, instead of adding another hotel, you just add one big green one? I don't know. Okay, well, anyway. You cannot build hotels on Amy. So people making Sonic Monopoly don't have people building hotels on Amy. It I'm, is sure, not I'm sure Jeru should uh, run a love hotel. <laughs> yeah. It's not well, nice. Where you stay for I, a half I don't hour at a time. Yeah. I don't care if Nintendo fans get to build houses on Princess Peach or Mario because they are Princess Peach and Mario. Amy does not deserve that. So well, no, please. You know what? Have them, Amy, have them build a, uh, yeah. their, their hotels on uh, Green Hill, on Emerald Hill, on Emerald Coasts, on uh, City Escape. Come on. Do that for me. Please, Monopoly people. So, uh, Nintendo Sega, you were saying something? No, I was going to say, um, if Amy actually got killed, um, you could build a hotel on her. She'd be under the ground. And Sega! That's the only way I think that would work. Because Amy Rose is the most annoying Sonic character besides, uh, well, besides certain Sonic characters. Oh, and Army. Sega, that is not a nice thing to say. I guess you, you haven't been on Sega.com and seen the Amy Rose love thread. For the record, for the record, Archie haters, he does not even read the comic books. He just doesn't like Amy. He doesn't no. have a thing for Sally or Mina or Dulcie. Whatever. <laughs> I remember Sally from the cartoon. I know her from that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he has a Sally thing. He just doesn't like Amy. Okay, now that we've gotten all that out of the way... Um, the Sonic Merchandise Store is coming to North America. Got another thing that GX whacks on about constantly. I, I don't know what to say. Because I don't really know what the Sonic Merchandise Store is. What do they do? Sell Sonic mer- Merchandise. Yeah, what merchandise? Do they sell hats? Do they sell clothes? Well, some of the action figures, yes. They sell clothes and they sell hats. They do. And I think they're going to sell those... Uh, they want, uh, uh, There's one t-shirt I want from that English company, that the uh, Eggman... One with this uh, symbol and everything. I really, really want that one. And uh, they sell that one in the uh, English store. So, so um, hopefully they have it there. Do they sell any any merchandise that they import from Japan or anything? Anything special? Uh, possibly. I think uh, they're going to have the in the English store. They have the Nico figures from Japan. Okay, so they do. So they are a, from, a specialized. Uh, I, at least I've heard. Hmm. So they are a specialized Sonic store that will that that can. At least that can at least uh, obtain imp- imported Sonic merchandise. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll so, have the yeah, Jazzverse toys cool. and such too. The Jazzverse toys that melt. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, that, that basically, if you uh, if you've seen the Sonic 20th anniversary statue by Jazzwares, where classic Sonic and modern Sonic are running side by side, there's an issue once you take it out of the box and it goes just a little bit above room temperature. The, uh, those two Sonics will start, they're top-heavy, will start leaning to one side or the other. They're in a running <laughs> position, and they got their legs uh, spread out, and uh, I guess they don't have enough uh, hard plastic in their legs. They're soft, 
So the legs and the whole body bend and shift down one way or the other. And I thought I was the only one having a problem with this. And on Sonic Stadium, no, there's a big issue with that. Several other readers have noted the same problem. It's a shame. I guess that means you better not keep it in room temperature then. <laughs> what do you got to uh, do, keep it in a fridge? I guess if you're a hardcore Sonic fan, you better keep keep those in a fridge. Well, better yet, just don't take it out of the box. That's the only thing I can recommend if you haven't bought it yet. <laughs> um, and Sega, do you even buy Sonic action collectibles? Um, I, I did when I was a little kid. I still have them actually, but I don't know. I don't know anything about them. They're cool. You don't cool, them. I, when I was a little kid. But uh, yeah, I don't really buy any of that stuff. Okay, I remember this one piece of Sonic merchandise I bought. I think it was like a Hot Wheels thing or something. It was Sonic riding a bike. It was like my only plastic Sonic toy of my childhood. Because aside from that, I like, had a doll that was like a Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles promotional doll, the little Sonic and Knuckles shirt that I eventually oh, took off. the one from Denny's? What did you say? The Sonic and Knuckles dolls they had at Denny's for Sonic Underground? No, 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 but I actually, I actually got those when they came out. I'm referring to um, Sonic and Knuckles, uh, the, the, a Sonic promotional character for Sonic and Knuckles, the game. He was oh. wearing a white shirt with the logo. I just and remembered I, I did. I had a fast food toys. <laughs> I still have to... those polybagged. But, and there's yeah. also one where he launched Sonic, he was riding a bike, and he had rings out, and he looked angry. <laughs> so only angry figure of Sonic I have. <clears throat> anyway, um, if we're done talking about Sonic Sonic collectibles, um, Comic Talk, and Sega, and Sega, you can go get some water or something now. I'll just go ahead. <laughs> now, the last the last podcast that we recorded that you'll never listen to, we uh, no one, none of us had actually read the comic book. This time, at least I have. Uh, Jason, have you? Well, yeah, I did. What do, you mean, do we talk about last time? Me and GX read the issue, and you hadn't. Oh, we were talking. Oh, about okay. It. I thought that you just read the spoilers like you normally do. No, I read the whole thing. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I personally found the story to be okay. I mean, Ian's Ian, most of Ian's worst stories are at least serviceable. I would kind of put this at a around serviceable because I mean we got the wolf pack and we've got the um uh the the oh god the cat the feel days. days and they're both pretty bland character tribes of characters by and large. I mean the only thing I really remember about the cats is that they always look angry and that the wolves look um well Native American. Which is kinda of weird because they're in except, South America. Except in Leotards. And, except they're in leotards. Of course, uh, Native Americans did not wear leotards. They, uh, well, you know what? They really didn't start wearing feathers and stuff until this uh, until they moved to that new island. I don't know what's up with that. You mean you mean uh, the mysterious cat country, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, but you know they're both pretty bland characters. Uh, but really, I think Sonic and Amy have some of the best lines in the comic. Now this is now the next thing is something that we well actually, Jason, why don't you take it from here for a bit? Uh, do you want me to talk about what the uh, Mina and and uh, the plot? No, the plot. We're not done talking. Oh, about Oh, okay. The, the plot is basically because uh, Sonic and Amy and 
Tails are now Team Freedom because the Freedom Fighters have no, broken no, up into basically three fighters. teams. They're ch they're following and hunting Eggman down. Eggman's gone to the uh, the Sahara. The, no, it's called the Shazamazon, I guess, is what the yeah, uh, the cat country is now. And yeah, uh, he basically he uh, kidnapped. Uh, he has uh, Metal Sally kidnap the uh, Queen of the Philidae's uh, Hathor and um, Loop from the Wolf Pack, who's the queen, who's the, well, not the queen, but the Grand Chief of them. And so, of course, the uh, the cats and the wolves are all suspicious of each other at that. So. Sonic and so, uh, so they're on the verge of starting a war with each yeah, other. Yeah, another another war with each other. I mean, uh, Sonic and Big broke up one uh, a few years ago, and now they're starting up one again. But uh, yeah. the Queen of Hathor escapes, but she has to give up her robes in order to do that to get into this small crawl space, while Loop stays behind. The thing is, though, without her robes, she's. Uh, the Philidae have an odd custom where everything everything in their stature is about their clothing. And without the without her robes Yeah. She <laughs> it, 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 it basically she says she's grabbing some he's grabbing some food, so this is a good time. Yeah, basically with without her robes she's not queen. She's just a like a she calls herself a humble emissary and her attitude has actually changed a little bit. She's usually kinda of vicious and she's more nice. Yeah, she's a bit of a Bit of a not nice woman. Yeah, she's a more, she's a bit more nice without the uh, robes on. It's like I think it's like psychological with them. Yeah, I like think without the clothes, they change they change their attitude with it when they're in a different yeah. position. Yeah, with the so, clothing. Yeah, their whole culture is all based on their clothing, or, which of course is kind of cut screwy. But well, uh, well, that, as queen, she has to act more aggressive, more vicious, probably because that's what a queen needs to do to command the respect of her warriors. Yeah. Now, um, were you, you going to say something? Cause so basically, uh, I guess uh, Sonic, uh, Amy and, uh, is going back with Hathor to the wolf pack to explain what's going on, and Sonic and I think Tails are going off to help rescue Lupe. In, in the meantime, Lupe is about to be uh, legionized by Eggman, which basically means that he's going to scoff her arms and, and put on uh, frenetic ones. And from there, we get into a talk with uh, Mina and Nicole because uh, Mina had that whole concert against uh, Nicole because, you know, Nicole was taken over by... Oh, wait, wait, wait. God, it's, it gives a lot of backstory that. to that. <laughs> I want to talk about the main story first. Oh, hey, you go ahead. Much. Slow down, then. Now, then, first, what we liked about the story. Um, I, of course, Eggman was good. Ian knows how to write Eggman. Eggman was just... He was, and, of course, was I love Vorbot and Cubot, and Cubot's got a little uh, umbrella on him when Eggman's spitting and spraying and <laughs> yelling at everybody. <laughs> Mecha, Sally's, uh, Mecha Sally's competence was in, in capturing Loop and Hathor was very refreshing because she, she went in and out of both places with surgical precision, took them both, and... This went off without a hitch. None of that metal, none of that crony screwing up. So you know that was nice. The villains were were good. He, Ian knows how to do good villains. I'm ha happy that we got someone. We, he can at least do them. But um, right. and Sonic, Amy, Tails, they were also good. I I I can't remember any lines, but I remember chuckling a few times. Um. But um, let's see. 
one thing that I'm surprised we didn't really bring up in the last podcast was, was that uh, Lita and... Oh, man, you're going to have to correct me Lyco. with your name. Lita and Lyco, who are the two Lita twins Lyco. of the wolf pack, they're going to be the yeah. new char- uh, new members of the secret uh, Freedom Fighters. Yeah, he's introducing them as kind of a... Uh, and in this uh, one, they just talk about how like they want they crave action and want to go someplace else yeah. and make a difference. Just to help uh, put the seeds in there for the upcoming Sonic Universe arc. Yeah, Ian's trying to inter- introduce them to give them some some personality and character and history and motivation before he makes them the characters in this upcoming Sonic Universe arc. But um, the problem is, the problem with that, the problem with the whole thing is that they are boring. I mean, their dialogue is some of the stalest, blandest stuff. Yeah, you know and what? I enjoyed the first sto- uh, the first time they were there with Sonic and Big. I thought that was a much more interesting story. Really and it's not that interesting this time around. I mean, if you if you if you're going to include these characters, and that's the best dialogue you can you can come up with when you're trying to convince the reader that you should care about these people. You should probably find different characters because I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll prove themselves in the next issue. Maybe they'll prove themselves in Sonic Universe. But as it is, as what I would basically consider their introduction as characters instead of background pieces, it's boring. And um, now, thankfully, that's the next yeah, part of the work. Basically, Lita and Lyco are like, "Yeah, I'm bored. Let's go be on a uh, Freedom Fighter team." Yeah, that's it. That's basically one of the worst things I can say about this comic book is that two, two of the characters are boring, which is probably a good thing, I suppose. But another thing that kind of irritates me is how quick the wolves and the cats are to going to war. I mean, their leaders get kidnapped, and their first thought isn't the Dark Legion, which is sitting right over there, and which would they, uh, yeah, which they've already united and fought against it, once when they tried to put them together. The first thought is it must have been the cats, or it must have been the wolves. Why? I I, I can't picture the most irrational people thinking like that, especially that quickly with no evidence. Um, it's just uh, uh, how. Hey, cats and dogs hate each other. What can I say? <laughs> yes, but. That doesn't really work as motivation to war. That involves people killing other people. Now, thankfully, Hathor, the emissary, was able to talk her her warriors out of attacking the wolves, and they decided to say, okay, well, we can see you're here, even though you're not really here. So because you're not the queen, we're not going to make peace or anything with the wolves, but we're going to go back, and if they attack us, we're going to gut them like fish, and it will be the last battle they ever see. And it was to that effect. They didn't say gut like fish, but they but um yeah. Um but you know, just I, I understand Ian is under time constraints, but I don't really think he necessarily needs to show things moving this quickly. I think he can just have both sides coming under strain. You know, maybe have quick clips of both sides saying if it, I'm, I think it's the wolves. We should consider going to war. And, they, and I don't know. Have some. Have them show some actual debate instead of men. Instead of men with beating their chest, saying we're going to go out and kill them. I don't know. It just 
It just doesn't really work. Yeah, and something's going to have to change in the next issue, because this whole story feels like unimportant filler, like it's not really going anywhere. Yeah. Though, I, though um, and finally we have, that I think Jason and I will disagree at least a bit on this year, we have um, uh, the whole culture of clothing, which went just a bit too far for me to find it believable. Because, uh, as Jason explained, uh, for the cats, or the feeling day, felly day, I don't know, the felly day. Close enough. Um, yeah, I'm still not going to let you say Lupe. <laughs> um, the clothing, cl- clothing determines your status, and so therefore, if you're not wearing the robes of the queen, you're not the queen. I mean, it, it's an interesting concept. I like that. Yeah, they, they yeah. explained that with Sonic and Big last time they were there. And Big, yeah, had it, to, Big had to dress up just to be an interpreter, and of course he could barely talk, and so... Sonic said, oh, my socks make me the uh, the uh, stately bearer of the truth's uh, interpreter or whatever. And you see, in that, it was cute because it was just status. Yeah. But then had in, in this thing, in this, it's, it's taken beyond the realm of believability where we have um, the queen is obviously standing right in front of them without her robes. I mean, and so she completely changes her personality, which I can kind of see. Well, that because she's no longer queen, that means she doesn't necessarily project the same amount of ferocity that that queen would have to project in her culture. Again, I'm assuming here. I hope I'm not giving this story more credit, credit than it's worth. But um, okay. Um, but um, but then we have the, her 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 cats completely disregarding her as the as the queen. Just to, just acting like she's not queen, she's a, she's not anyone of any importance. Well, technically, without the well, technically without the robe, she counts as not queen. The only but thing that bugged me is he would, she was uh, going around talking as like the queen was a different person than her. Yeah, that 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 was just kind of creepy to me. <laughs> I mean, Sonic he, explained why, but it was still off-putting. Okay, we're not disagreeing as much as I thought we were. This is boring, but yes, it was off-putting. It just, it's an interesting concept that Ian just took a little too far. Um, it, it just, it, it, it came to the point where, I mean, no culture on Earth has anything like this because you, it, it had to have something slightly mentally wrong with you in order for this to really be a thing about you. Now, I don't know, I mean, I, I spent... I, I well, I mean, they're they're a little more primitive than other, you know, cultures, uh, but primitive, still, it's weird. Primitive has nothing to do with it. Uh, a primitive, uh, primitive has nothing to do with anything. Um, I, I spent a semester studying um, anthropology. It was a pretty bullshit, low-level class. I mean, bull smack, low-level class. <laughs> I learned at, at the very least that and oh great, now I'm completely off track because I was going to basically say maybe it's just my western mind not really being accepting of this very strange culture. It could be that. So that, that's why of all the things I'm kind of willing to give this at least some leeway even though it just looks ridiculous to me. But um, in any case. <sighs> okay. I hope I didn't use up all my ranting fuel because we're about to get to E3. Oh, actually, no. Um, Did you want to mention anything about the Mina Mongoose, uh, the cold talk? Oh, my God. <laughs> Myself, okay, I don't care. They had a talk. <laughs> they, she she basically apologized and for something that wasn't really her fault. I mean, 
I could imagine her having nightmares when the entire city basically can envelop you at any time. Yeah, but that yeah, had to be a, uh, okay, how do I say this in a G-rated way? Um, female dog about it. She had to be a female dog. <laughs> Not really. She didn't uh, outright say she hated Nicole or anything. She just no, wrote she a protest did, song because she wanted them to uh, wake up and at least question you know, whether that whether they're having a, a sentient life form that has entire control of your city was such a good idea. She sang a song that inspired fear in the populace and the well, one no, no, that was no. protecting them against a megalo... Okay. Uh, she didn't start the fear, though. The, the August did that. The August had a little bit of a... He's a little bit the of August magic to fact that she was still the conduit. She was the conduit that inspired fear in however many... Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people live in that city. Against the one thing that was protecting them against everything, against Robotnik, against the yeah, elements. The problem is, yeah, they, they were kind of ignorant about that. I mean, she's, it, who would you, why would you want to live in that city to begin with? You're getting attacked constantly, and even the thing that protects you could kill you. When it was under the control of this very, 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 very rare form of techno-magic that only one person in the entire world even has. I mean, I'm... Okay. Again, I'm looking at this from the outside, so I'm... I'm maybe I'm being too critical, but I don't know. Again, didn't uh, Nagus instigate her? I heard something about maybe Nagus instigated her nightmares as well, but that could be wrong. Maybe. But but um, regardless, this was a good story, I think. Um, it, was, yeah, it was one of those little heart-to-heart -heart moments, you know, character yes. development. Bloody and Ethan does heart-to-heart, -heart, which he doesn't do quite as much as she should. I mean, I understand. Action comic. You can only do so much. I'd rather it had less. I'm happy time. with it. <laughs> But when he does this, he does it good. I won't say, like, well, but good. He does it good, at least, well, on very good occasions. Like, uh, we've actually had quite a few, well, we've actually had quite, quite a few good ones lately. But um, anyway, but uh, yeah, it, it was nice, because Nicole was being silent throughout most of that. And then when she, as, as Mina just apologized and uh, just said the things, <laughs> And Nicole was just quiet. She just put text on the screen. You know, you don't need audio to know this is a quiet, very quiet scene, very heartfelt scene. And so it really helped set a nice atmosphere throughout the whole throughout the whole little story. And then when she materializes, she's in a fetal position. I mean, Ian is really making sure that any even people who are just coming into the comic book know to feel bad for this girl because. You know, Every little thing, like kind of, kind of helps add to the fact that you know this has basically been this. Nicole's basically this um, computer program with feelings who has been berated and betrayed by those she's spent her life protecting. So you know it's it's, it's well done. The dialogue is well done. The art is well done. Tracy Yardley, which I forgot to complain about Stephen Butler. Yes, he still puts... Um, can, can I say the B word? Oops. On G yeah, okay. Uh, I, he still well, puts boobs on everything. That's a, that's a woman. 
but um, well, to be fair, the 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 wolves and the uh, fidei tend to have a larger, more uh, human anatomy than uh, than Sonic and the other characters who are shorter and squatter than the wolves are. To be fair, at least Luth isn't a seal, so it's not like those things make her less fast in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seal boobs. That, but, that um, always ticked me off, because Celia was just a cartoon character. That was a seal with long eyelashes, and that's the only thing that made her female. And then Stephen Butler had to go and put boobs on her, which is just awkward. But, um, yeah, then we had... Uh, um, but but then we had Tracy Yardley's story and, and, the, and the heart-to-heart thing, and that was, a, that was refreshing. That looked nice. Tracy Yardley is such a good artist. He, he really is. I mean, I just, I just love that guy. He, he doesn't put boobs on things. He, he knows how to express emotion. He probably has some of the best facial expressions of any artist in the comic book industry. I mean, his faces are incredibly expressive. Of course, it certainly helps that he's using cartoon characters and his cartoon style. It's a bit easier to do express expression on characters with large eyes and, feet and features like that that can be easily drawn. But, you know, it's just... He's really good. He really does a good job in this. <sighs> and of course, there was also the little comic strip by uh, uh, Jonathan Gray, which kind of poked fun at the fact that we like have, I think, three, four plot lines now of characters wandering off from the main cast and never being heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> Do off doing their own thing. Uh, they got Buddy Rabbot and then. Uh, Mighty and Ray, forgot. and then uh, even uh, what's his name, the Tasman. The Tas- yeah, I completely Devil. forgot about the Tasmanian Devil guy. I completely forgot. That's Ian Flynn's uh, character he created for that. I have I have a feeling that he was supposed to be in the next Knuckles story that never materialized, but well, <laughs> we'll never know, I guess. Anyway, um, okay, so let me just. Uh, Okay, now then, do, do we want to talk about E3 now or after the interview? Uh, no, we're just going to do it now. I'll get it out of the way, and then the, the, we're, our podcast is going to end with the interview with Ke- Kevin. Okay, we should have mentioned it, actually, at the beginning of the show. We got an interview with Ken and Kelly Parker uh, from Sega, uh, Ken Balu and pa- Kelly Parker, and it's all about Sonic 4 after its launch, and uh, we've got a lot of your uh, types of questions you want unanswered. And I'll be up on just a little later. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm, when I start talking, I'm probably going to keep talking for a while. So, and Sega, I want you to start off just talk about E3. I don't care what it is. doesn't need to be Sega. doesn't need to be Sonic. Just talk. Hello? And Sega. Hey, stop smoking your pot. Get over here. He was away for a while, now I can't... <laughs> he said he was back, and he's on here, but I don't hear him. Uh, look, we're not going to stop recording. I want, we're doing this all in one take, for George's sake. Yeah, because... and for my sake. Okay, no. so he's oh. gone, so I'll just uh, talk about what I'm expecting, hoping. Yeah, anyway, um, wanting to see what happens at the... Uh... Hold on. <laughs> If you need any more proof, then he's not an Archie fan. There he is. <laughs> yeah. So we're, uh, by the time you hear this, everything will probably have gone down. But we've uh, 
Seen the mic- I've seen the Microsoft press uh, conference this morning. I was talking- hey, Are you dead? You dead? He gets groaned. Oh, I think he might be sleeping. <laughs> oh, uh, he said, hold on. He said, he said he's there. It's just his mic goes to, his mic goes to sleep. Okay, sorry, Jason, keep going. Anyway, cause, so we'll get back to him. Uh, basically, we've had the Microsoft press conference. Uh, it was basically more focus on the hardcore games instead of on Kinect. There was like two or three Kinect games shown, and mostly there was a... Uh, oh, he's gone. Uh-oh. And Sega's gone. Anyway, um, and why are you coming up minus? Keep going. Okay, whatever. Um, anywho, uh, that, that was a good conference. I mean, uh, Halo 4 looks great. Call of Duty looks good, uh... Uh, Tomb Raider looks very good, very action-y. I'm hoping to see more Tomb Raider-ish parts of Tomb Raider where she's exploring in caves and such. Um, Splinter Cell also looked very unique and it looked like a lot of fun. Um, uh, I don't really care if they put out Internet Explorer on 360. Who cares? I mean, every every friggin' console has a web browser now. It took, it took them long enough. Well, I, I think their justification was that... Um they, uh, they, 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 oh, God, I can't remember the justification. It was like they didn't really want to have, oh, okay, I can't remember it properly, so never mind. But there was a reason why they didn't have it. And I'm sure someone can look it up and post it in comments, please. What, the web browser? Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh you're back. Yeah, dude, my, my mic falls asleep and I have to unplug and replug and all right. this weird shit. Right, mic fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it seems to happen all the time. But anyways, uh, yeah, go continue. Anyway, uh, um, so yeah, they finally got Internet Explorer going. I guess they're going to have a different way of using it than on the uh, the regular Internet to make it more uh, approachable for people who are watching it on TV, almost like TV browsing instead of web well, browsing. Yeah, I think the Connect browser thing is going to be pretty cool. Um I, I may not really use the Connect much right now, and I probably won't. I don't even have the Connect anymore. I, just, I don't care about Connect. I just care about 360. The the Connect should be cool. I should love it, uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's because it makes me stand up. I don't. I don't know. But and then there's I Smart Class, which is uh, which could go either way. Either going to be some revolutionary thing because it's going to be an app on all your tablets and smartphones. That you can interact with your 360 on, and you can have your streaming zoom off your 360 onto your smartphone wherever you go and what have you. But otherwise, it might be something that people that's a little too much for people to want to bother with. It might go the other way. It's it's something that I, uh, I think can lean back and forth either way. I would like to rant on that real quick. And Sega, feel free to join and interrupt because I know you've had this conversation. But no, I have a t- I, yeah. I've seen this kind of thing come. I've seen this kind of thing go. We've seen other companies, Sony, Nintendo, try to incorporate separate, completely separate devices into their main system. And guess what? It never, ever, ever works. Now, it works. uh, It's just not supported enough and nobody really cares. Like... It, 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 it's not supported enough because developers are not willing to support put much money into a feature that there's that there that there's not a guarantee everyone's most people are going to be able to use. I mean, 
Right. GameCube Game Boy Advance. I think it can, it can safely be assumed that most GameCube owners had at least one Game Boy Advance. And yet, how many developers made a Game Boy Advance GameCube link cable game for the GameCube? I think you can count them on one hand. Like, there's Pac-Man Versus, there's Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, and then there's, of course, a Nintendo game. And they all came out in 2003. Yeah, I, think, no I think Sonic Adventure on the, on the GameCube also oh, had, I, a Chow mean, thing, had a Chow thing okay, that connected so with the Game Boy Advance. Yes, okay, so, and Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, which was basically just a... a oh, that, it's, it's unfair compared to the BMU function. Yeah, it's basically like but, that. Oh, the BMU function was a lot cooler. So, But anyway, yeah, like four developers used it as a critical part of their gameplay. Okay, really three, because you didn't need to use a child garden on the Game Boy Advance. But, um, and then, like, had a, a few, uh, I think at best, a few dozen other games that utilized it in some periphery features. Like, we had Billy Hatcher and Fantasy Star include many games. But in the end, Nintendo's 2003 press conference um, emphasizing this feature was a flop. No one cared. The GameCube failed horribly, and the feature was useless. Because guess what? There is no guarantee that enough GameCube owners Hello? will own both. Hello. Uh -oh. What? What? I was in the middle of my rant. Why are you saying uh oh? Hello. Hello, I'm back. Well, that was. Oh. Just don't do that. It, it was my computer. I didn't do anything. Yes, you did play anything. Okay, anyway. Um, Alright. Because there's no guarantee that, that, every, that enough GameCube owners will own enough Game Boy Advances or vice versa to make investing significant resources in this future worth it. Because the whole point of making a game is to make money, of course. And you're only going to, going to invest your money into things that will make you more money. What makes you more money? Making a game that everyone can play. Now, will this smart glass thing be better? Probably, but not much better. I mean, I, I heard, I saw people posting. Uh, I saw Microsoft had an example of doing Madden NFL play and having it play on screen via the touchpad. That's cool. That is cool. That's something that probably every Madden game on the Xbox is going to have from now on. But how many? But how many more games are going to use this in any kind of substantial, noticeable gameplay offering way? I guarantee you, not one, not one, not it's also, one. Yeah, it is all missing in a gameplay offering way. Yeah, and it's the, it's missing. You can't really use it as a controller because it's missing buttons, it's missing analog sticks, uh, it's missing triggers. So you're yeah, you can't. There's not even much you can really do with it because no. it's a screen, and the best. Touchscreen games, they, they're, they're built for touchscreen, or if they use buttons, they use two buttons and a directional pad. And even that isn't really all that good. And so that at best, have. maybe we'll see a few indie games or Xbox Live Arcade games using this feature, low-budget games, mind you, but games. But we're not going to see any big-budget retail games using this feature. And how long are people going to even be developing? That these peripherals, these things that come outside of the box, 
that are never included inside the box, that are not marketed specifically for the system, like the Kinect, which was a peripheral, not a separate device. That's about the only even example of a successful implementation of a new peripheral device in the history of gaming that I can think of. Okay, there's also a few controller redesigns, like the PS1 analog pad, but... Well, Connect came out a lot, ended up a lot better as far as success than I think a lot oh, of people were expecting. That's probably one of the best examples of revamping your console in the middle of a generation, and if not the best. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean okay. a lot of people don't like it, but hey, it's for the Wii crowd, and it worked. It got that Wii crowd into the 360. But, um, yeah, okay, so that, yeah, that's my rant in regards to the smart glass being a useful gaming tool. Now, is it going to be a useful non-gaming tool? Heck, heck yeah. Yes. All right. Are you ready to hear, hear my rant? Like, what did you say? I said, are you ready to hear my rant whenever you're yes. done? Go, go, go ahead. Go. I got a rant. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to rant majorly about the Xbox 360 presentation. First of all, um, the connects like I don't like how every new game Microsoft announces or new IP has to be a Connect game. I don't own a Connect. I don't want a Connect. I don't think there's any potential in Connect. So that that that's of no interest to me. Well, I didn't see I much Connect uh, support at the press conference this time around. Well, those three. What were those three new IPs? They announced three they were, new there IPs. There were two of them. Well, no, two of them were. Uh, I didn't see three uh, three IPs. I saw two of them were. Uh, were basically arcade games where one was a slingshot on a castle and the other one was at, at the um, Fable, yeah, Fable, well, Fable. Connect spinoff. And then the yeah. other one was Dance Central 2, which is a full-featured game. Yeah, those are the only ones Gore I saw. Not Gorbinski's working on a game. Gorbinski's working on a game, and I think that was for Connect also. Well, they oh, mentioned that at the, sure uh, did that. they mention that there? Yeah, they showed a clip of it, a very short clip. Okay. They, they, yeah, I mean, they did announce, they announced a few new IP, but they were very connect-heavy, and I was pissed off about that. I'm pissed off about Call of Duty demos, because they do it every year, and they always, and they let it upstage Halo, which made no sense to me at all. Really? Uh, The Call of Duty demo was, like, longer than the Halo demo. Yeah, it ended, yeah, that's what I don't get. It ended the whole show. Why would they do that? Normally, they start off with Call of Duty, and they end with Halo, or something like that. Instead, they yeah. aim to the Call of Duty, and that's the way to that takes away hype from your game that you're publishing. Yeah, it's well, like you're I on a different planet. At the exact same time, it even has a slightly similar kind of sci-fi vibe. Though Halo's tw- Halo's in the 25th century, and this is just, and that Call of Duty's just a decade from now. Sorry, 26th century. And it's like everything else is the same as they always show. They have another Forza game, whatever. They have another Fable game. They have another Call of Duty, another Halo. And I'm just so tired of it. I, I'm bummed out because the 360 was my favorite system. Well, one of my favorites for a while. And now I think it's just like, ugh, just not my I, I, No, I mean, I love Halo and Halo 4 looks. From the 30 seconds of gameplay I was able to see on my, on my crappy connect, connect, connection, this game looks so amazing. Oh, yes. And I finally get to see the Forerunner. That's something I've been wanting to see in Halo for a very long time. So, yes, I'm happy. The graphics look beautiful. And Jason would have something very happy to say right now, but he's currently having a problem with the call. So uh, hopefully he'll be back with us in a moment. Um, so Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, 
what I did like oh oh hold on yeah hold on um I did like the South Park uh the South Park demo or South Park trailer they showed I thought that was okay. pretty cool I, I I missed the whole thing but I I guess got to see a bit of Halo so that was cool Tomb Raider also looks cool Call of Duty looks cool but, they showed um, us they showed a trailer of the new South Park game and they had Trey and Matt up on huh. stage to talk about it and that, that was so pretty awesome that. but yeah. um. Uh, Before we we move on to Sony real quick, what did you think about uh, um, what did you think about uh, uh, the the Nintendo pre E three thing, particularly the awkward uh, comedy thing? Okay, Um, all right. I I was a little confused at first because I thought what. It was just uh, Iwata standing there in front of a background, right, and talking for a while. That was it, right? Yeah, And then they that cut was to it. a zombie thing. Okay, I was watching, I was expecting something. Else. Yeah, I watched it uh, last night. I sat through it. I kind of fell asleep during it. But I was happy that they got that all out of the way so that they could talk about, like, games tomorrow or on Tuesday, whenever this is posted. Okay, so all that stuff was is out the of the comedy way. bit was a little uh, embarrassing. It was a bit. It was a bit weird. I'll give it that. But it, it was kind of different. Man, the, <laughs> man, the other guys, like the uh, sort of gay guy and the crazy to <laughs> yeah. an action figure. I mean, I don't know. They just Nintendo doesn't really know how to do comedy. I'll guess they didn't ground any of that or anything. It was just weird. I did like, laugh. Jason, you there? Yeah, I'm there now. Okay, okay. But the whole okay. Skype crashed down on me. Oh, wow. <laughs> we just talked about the Nintendo, pre- Nintendo pre-E3 thing where we finish off Microsoft. Well, just talk real quick about Halo 4 before we move on to Sony. Uh, I just think it looks really good. I like seeing the... Uh, what are they called again? The Forerunner. Yeah, the Forerunners in action. Oh, I like that's... the... I like the fact that they have that little drone that when you throw your grenades at it, it tosses them right back at you, and you got to hurry up and shoot them. <laughs> well, that's that. pretty awesome. That's cool. That is that was sweet, and the, the whole thing seen? looks great. The graphics look way, uh, way better than previous, which was which shocked me. I didn't think they could do much better, but they're it's looking really good. And for something that's uh, not Bungie and it's Halo, it's actually looking awesome. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, um, anyway, as far as Nintendo yeah. goes, um, yeah, it's it's cool that they got like Rayman Origins as his exclusive, or Rayman Legends as an exclusive game. And uh, I do think, as oh, as okay. insignificant as it sounds, that 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 little TV remote uh, on their tablet could be a game changer because oh, yeah. that that means people will be using <laughs> that thing all the time if they can use it because it's got a little TV guide going and all that. Every and single will now own a, a remote that costs me me a hundred that cost me hundred and fifty dollars to get. I have a remote with a touchscreen, um, with a, a capacitive touch touchscreen, just like what the Wii uses. And it's not only very bucky and glitchy, but cost hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Um, that, so every Wii owner will have this kick-ass touchscreen remote that works with their television. It can change channels. It's cool. But, um, yeah, so, okay. 
the big three. Now, Sony. Sony, uh, I completely missed Sony. Uh, Jason and I were driving home from uh, Disneyland, which we didn't get to go well, to. Down, downtown, downtown Disney. We, uh, we also got around to the that. shops there, and we, we got to see Tron Uprising in a uh, yeah, the, little the, theater. The and that, that's the awesome cartoon. I, I mean, the animated. Yes, it's probably one of the best animated opening, uh, animated pilots I've seen. Um, and considering that there have been some pretty good anima- animated cartoons lately, like um, Transformers Prime and, uh, Ava- and Avatar Legend of Korra, you know, so despite its CG, it's a really, really good show from what we've seen. I mean, it's better than the second movie, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm a huge okay. Tron fan, so I was, I was shocked at how good that was. And I wasn't I expecting re- it to be anywhere near there. So anyway, Sony, they, the, the one thing that they announced, because I completely missed this, one thing that they announced that really stood out to me was the 12 free games for PlayStation Plus subscribers. And I will be and getting... one of them is Virtual Fighter 5. Yes, it Virtual Fighter 5 those games. Well, okay. well, she'll be out by the time you hear this. I won't say Showdown, because we don't know yet. Because I guess it's Virtual Fighter 5, but... It's a Virtual Fire Five game. If it comes and out tomorrow it's and it's and it's uh, free, it has to be Showdown. There's nothing else to it. Plus, I could see them putting out Showdown for free on the PSN Plus because they're going to make their money uh, on that case on the uh, DLC, which you still have to purchase. And also, I'm sure Sony's probably paying Sega something for for the, for the game just to have it on PlayStation Plus. And in addition to Plus. In addition to that, we've also we're also getting Just Cause 2, Infamous 2, Little Big Planet 2. Not the original games from like five years ago, but the newer games from like two years ago. Yeah, and I, just, really I just found out that they're also putting in Warhammer Space Marines, which is not a bad third-person action game. And I, um, I, I, this is Ratchet and Clank I, All for One. Unlike the free games last year, I've not played, like, any of these except for Saints Row 2. i played some of them, but I don't own any of them, which is great. I'm, just, I'm really happy I, with that. I, I have been skepti- skeptical about getting PlayStation Plus for a while now. I've been waiting for at least... I think it's a much... Be- I've had it for two years, and I think it's a much, much better value than Xbox Live. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, Xbox Live doesn't give you free games. All Xbox you- Live gets you is online, and then having to pay extra to just to play the other uh, apps like Netflix and, and also and Hulu. Uh, and the de- demo's a, a week early. But, um, yeah. Sony, yeah, demo's a week early. You have done it. You've picked the perfect selection of games. I will get the subscription. I love you. Thank you. Now, put some good things on the Vita, please. Of course, <laughs> you're not even watching this podcast because it's Sonic, but, you know, please... <laughs> yeah, we got but, Jet Set Radio coming out, and now, thanks to Sega, uh, they've guaranteed at least two copies from me of Jet Set Radio, one on my Vita and one on my PS3. Oh, I cannot wait for the Vita version. Yes, oh, yes, thank you, Sega. Though I wonder if they'll be, if they'll be cross-play between PS3 and Vita. Uh, it might be, who knows? Uh, and Sega, what, what did you think of the Sony press conference? Sony, pre- all right. The press conference because I, I guess I'm the only one who saw it. Um, the press conference was pretty good. They, they, uh, uh, they really emphasized like how thankful they are for all their fans. Like they made they made a point several to be like, we love you guys. Like you guys, 
you know, gamers are the most important thing to us. It was almost like a response to Microsoft. It was kind of the weirdest thing. Like, they, they're really, like, almost humbled. Like, it's like well, they used they, to be so can... arrogant, and now they're just, like, this humbled company. It's pretty funny to watch, actually. Place for the last six years, that now humble. Yeah, anything. I mean, it, it really it did. Like, <laughs> they, sound like it, they sound like a totally different company. But, like, yeah, it was a cool show. It was, it was all about the games and, like... Little, they still focused a little too long on like like this twenty minutes on this PlayStation Move game. Um, it's it's the weirdest thing. I can't even explain it. But, but it has to do with, yeah, like that's to do with interacting with these books, like with the Move and like the you know eye toy, which I don't think little kids are interested in the Move, but I guess they're trying it out. Well, but if the, if, they, if little kids will play the Wii, I see no reason why they wouldn't play the Move, especially if it involves Harry Potter. But little kids don't even like to read. Like, it's not really... Anyway, um, but yeah, they showed a lot of that. Um, but then, what else they showed? They showed The Last of Us, which looks pretty cool. They ended with that Naughty Dogs uh, game. It oh, looks, God, I cannot wait to see that gameplay trailer. They showed, yeah, they showed a gameplay demo of it, or trailer of it. It looks pretty cool. So far, the Sony definitely has the best exclusives. But I think they've, I think they've had the best exclusives for, for at least the last two years. Yeah, I've always been a more Sony fan than an Xbox fan myself. Certainly the best exclusives at E3, at their press conference, because Nintendo only has only emphasized the crap, mostly, except for last year. Oh, oh, wait, yeah, uh, hold on. They also demoed, uh, well, not demoed, they showed a trailer of David Cage's new game, the uh, Heavy Rain guy. Beyond. They showed, yeah, Beyond, yeah, they showed not really, a, it was no gameplay, but it was all story, but uh, it looked cool. I hope the gameplay is... More is like more than a QTE, but the st- he David Cage knows how to tell a story, so I'm definitely interested in that for sure. No, I've heard his games described as bad movies. His games uh, are, I mean, if you've never played, you've never played any of his games. I, I played a bit of. I, I bought Heaven, uh, Heavy Rain, and I watched like a people play it on on uh, video games awesome for a bit. Yeah, but. Uh, I haven't played it myself yet, no. It's fun. I mean, it, they're definitely fun. Um, I thought Heavy Rain was so much like Indigo Prophecy, though, that there was no... It was too similar gameplay-wise, and I'm kind of thinking that they can't take that much further. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't really evolve that type of movie game. Well, I think that if they build it from move from the ground up, there's a lot more they could potentially do. I hope so, because there's a lot more that they should do, just because, you know, you can't keep making QTE games. You need to do a little more than that, I think, to be worth the $60. Well, I don't know. There's always, a Sur's, there's always games like Asura's uh, Wrath. That's an amazing QTE game from what I've played. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's different. Well, actually, I've never played it. That's also old, though, isn't it? No, no, no. It came out last year. I, you really need to get it. Oh, wow. What did, I, I don't think I I've ever played it. I it when it came out, but then I played the demo like a month ago. I was like, oh my gosh, how have I been ignoring this? It's like I'm, it's like I'm playing an anime. Because it's like a 26-episode story game. <laughs> With like all these awesome, over-the-top battles. And like Both episodes, and both episodes at some point showed the entire planet Earth just to give you an, an idea of the scope of these fights. <laughs> <laughs> well, one boss fight I played in the demo, the guy actually stabs you right through the earth. Oh, God, he stabs you? Then yeah, he, he stabs, stabs you, and, you're, and he, he, dra- he drags your whole body back down into the earth, and the thing he's stabbing you with actually extends so long it goes right through the earth from one side to the other. 
Anyway, wow. uh, it's just over. It's way over the top. That over that over video game. Wow. I don't think I've even heard of it actually before this conversation. Yeah, that sure cool as breath. I would check it out. It's it's very kind of God of War QTE. It's, a, actually, it's like a mix of God of War and Dragon's Lair mixed with an anime. And it's not all uh-huh. QTE. There's also beat 'em up gameplay and stuff. Okay, so but good. So that that alone makes it better than uh, the yeah. Quantic Dream games. Yeah, but um, it's all but uh, and the QTE. But um, okay, I'm losing my mind here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back on track. Um, but yes, the uh, uh, it, it actually came out this year. Come to think of it, like in February. On what is it like a download game or a retail game? No, 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 no. You can download the demo, which I recommend, but it's a retail. Oh, okay. I don't think I ever heard of it. Well, you've heard of it now. Sweet. And <laughs> knowing the kinds of games that you like, I think you like it. So I'll okay, buy cool. it. Thanks Dude. for the recommendation. Then I might check it out. I'll check the demo and out. Get your recommendation in public, so you're kind of obligated to follow to follow through with it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, fine. The final bit of E3 conversation. Sega, you know, why we're all here right Sega. now. Sega! Sega! <laughs> Sega! But, um, yeah, their, their E3 lineup is kind of lower key this year. Uh, the week that we should be getting some, I'm, I'm, I expect we'll be getting some kind of announcements in regards to a new, in regards to new games or new, or current games for new platforms tomorrow with the or Wii U. Or at least use. what you, Wii U support they'll give We'll probably hear about tomorrow. Yeah, um, I, I expect we'll be getting. Um, I expect we'll be announcing Sonic Adventure 2. I expect we'll be um, hearing about uh, uh, All Stars Racing transformed on the Wii U. Hell, maybe we'll even see it demoed. I mean, we can help. <laughs> but um, but uh, the, 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 the E3 is kind of showing what Sega's current focus is. Because, of course, we don't have see Anarchy Reigns, though I expect we'll be getting it. We don't see... Um, we, we, we won't be seeing uh, Rhythm Thief, which I think is a real big mistake, but... Yeah, it's a do. bummer. I doubt they're going to put it out. I mean, now that... They're, they're, they're going to put it out. It was confirmed. July. Don't start that. Don't start that, man. Don't start with me. No. No. <laughs> at Jason. Well, you could have fooled me, though, because they're not doing anything to promote it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's not even at E3 at all. Binary domain. And what's I mean, I don't understand. Like, if you have a booth and you're a developer, why not just show all of your upcoming games, even if it's like well, one demo? I don't understand. Well, uh, one dem that one demo could be for some, could be for something else. Like, they only have so much. They have nothing else. They have, the they have of, only have so much booth space that they got to. Yeah, don't underestimate the co- cost of booth space here, because. Yeah, but you know, they don't have anything else. Game, something to put out, and so you want to emphasize the product that you really want to push. And don't forget, this isn't for gamers. This is for retailers and media. So that you're trying to advertise these games, and right. you're, 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 you want to put all your money, and really all, all the budget that you have is going to go to the games that you think have a chance of making that money back. But these are games that you need to put out there, otherwise no one will know that they exist and they won't buy them. Yeah, but I think for Sega it might be cheaper for them to just put it out, put them out like that. Otherwise, I they they would market them more. I think. I mean, but, I just feel like at least at the very least, like well, I don't know. We'll see what they show. I can't believe they're not showing Anarchy Reigns at all. 
that really pisses me off. It wasn't on the list, so unless it's become a Wii U game, I don't see how it's... Yeah, and, be, and that yeah. still worries me. I mean, so, yeah, somebody said they had a... It's in a trailer for the Canada EB Games, but uh, right. those things tend to be purchased way ahead of time. And that's possibly... Uh, it was purchased before they decided, you know, to change their strategy. Hopefully mm-hmm. that's not the case. Hopefully it's still coming out in July. But who knows? We'll see. I don't see why but, it would not, because it's fully... Lo- if you played the Japanese demo, you could put it in full English. Full English voice acting, English subtitles, English options. Well, uh, don't forget that that part of the cost is just is just um, publishing and marketing the game. I mean, why do you think Nintendo is so hesitant with Xenoblade? I mean, you had to grab them by their ears yeah. and shove their faces into the dirt and then poop on... Um, okay, I'm getting a little graphic here, but you get the idea, guys. You know, it's not a matter of just translation. It's also a matter of production and marketing. Which they're... Well, they're not marketing it at all, so they're saving on that at <laughs> yeah. least. Yeah, There's I mean, always, even online, they don't really market it well. I mean, I, I, there, there's always something, you know, that, that that they have to spend money on that they're better off just not spending money on. I mean, I get you. I you're saying. I'm just, I just disagree. I know what you're saying. I just don't agree with that. Approve of that strategy, I should say. Sega will never develop yeah. new IP that are popular unless they put them out there and really let people know that they exist. Now, um, yeah, and another thing, they got to stop with the whole putting out the the games that. They, you know, are popular right on the f- fiscal quarter, like re- they did with Residents of Fate and uh, Yakuza of the Dead, and kind of what they did with Binary Domain. And they put Binary Domain almost right up against Mass Effect 3, just like a week early. And right. when you don't schedule yeah. your game releases, you know, properly, you're going to get massacred. And that's what keeps happening. Yeah, that's why uh, delaying Anarchy Reigns out of the summer just makes no sense. Because there's no games in the summer. Yeah, I mean, there's event- not that many big releases coming out right now. Personally, I don't really understand why more, most developers don't at least target their handheld games to the summer. Because in the summer, you're going to have kids and adults traveling and going places, and they'll be more inclined to buy portable games. So I, I think summers should be. I think the summer should become the portable video game holiday. Well, I mean, I'm, I look, I'm going to be honest, I don't think they're going to release, I don't know if they're actually going to release Anarchy Reigns. I don't think they are. At, le- at least they're not planning on it right now. That's my honest thought on it. You said that about Xenoblade, too. And yeah, uh, but, <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll get it one uh, day, le- but I At least with the delay of, uh, at least with the day of a- delay of Aliens, at least they're showing that, yes, that when they are supporting that heavily, there's going to be a special collector's edition they show keep showing more trailers every time they delay it or do something with it. They show a trailer or something that proves, hey, we we still support this and we're still really 100 percent right. behind it. Watch Dead Space Three be announced for uh, March 2013. So if Anarchy oh, Reigns does, if Anarchy doesn't come out, that means the only retail game on disc that's going to be released this year from Sega is Binary Domain and Sonic and Sega All-Star Racing. Everything else would be downloadable co- downloadable games. Yeah, well, except, that's what except they said they for uh, Rhythm Thief. That'll be a if, CBS. If and that's even uh, happening. <laughs> Super, Monkey Ball Vita for the v- Super Monkey Ball for the Vita. Yeah, I oh, forget yeah, about that. Uh, so does everyone else, I think. Hey, be quiet, you. Anyway, as far <laughs> as games that we are excited to play or see in, in Sega's case, because he yeah. can't play Oh, them. from Sega! Yeah. 
Yes, um, I am looking forward to the Monkey Ball Beta game, which will, be, which will be the first HD Monkey Ball game. I will. Also, I am also looking, unless Wii U is announced, but even then, unless the Wii U version is announced, but even then, I'm also looking forward to the Cave, which is a um, yeah, GX again. Had a really had a really good thing to say about the Cave from Double Fine, be, because he's a big fan of uh, the uh, of the adventure genre, particularly uh, the adventure genre from the creators of Double from the people of Double Fine. Unfortunately, I did not remember the name of the creator, but I am told he's made games like Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, and really legendary point-and-click action games, point-and-click adventure games. So um, I, I, we, I think we, th- this game is from a very good pedigree, and I'm really looking forward to that, it. And it looks really good from an artistic standpoint. It's something that where Sega's doing really right is their downloadable games. Their original downloadable games all look like really good quality. I mean... Renegade Ops is great last year, and Hell Yeah looks great, and uh, this upcoming, the cave looks like it's going to be a knockout, too. Yeah, oh my god, okay, you know how I said um, March 2013 for Dead Space 3? Yep. I I promised everyone I did not look at this beforehand, because I don't care about EA, but Dead Space 3, February 2013. Well, yeah, you know what? That's the thing. I mean, it's a crowded time to release a game, <laughs> no matter I mean, what. What's with all the 2013 games this year at E3? Well, it's probably because a lot of them are being delayed out of 2012. Though, Sega, I think you need to delay your Aliens game another two months. I mean, I know Aliens is a major franchise, but it's not really a major video game franchise anymore. So, maybe move it to April? Huh? Maybe? That really so sucks. Uh, dead Space Against Aliens, basically. Yeah. I mean, aliens can actually do really... The Wii U might actually really help Aliens if it's actually a good version of the game. That oh, yeah. It's like a, scan, if it's like a scanner on your uh, tablet. I mean, it might just be that alone. Pad, that's going to be awesome. If the launch of this is, if the system has a really big launch, I feel like a lot of games, if they're good quality, at the system's launch or near it, will do a lot. We'll just have a boost automatically because people want games to play on it. So with that alone, it might help. I'm also look, really looking forward to All Stars Racing Transformed, because you know, I mean, we got well, to play I'm one already. To, awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to re- playing a few new tracks on there. So what about you, Jason? Just talk. On well, Sega, yeah, like you said, uh, Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing. Looking forward to seeing a few new tracks on there. Definitely looking forward to the cave. Uh, I want to play Jet Set Radio on the Vita because I want to see how they, uh, what they did with that. And I still haven't played Hell Yeah. I know you played that at PAX. Oh, yeah, that was a fun game with some issues. You can, everyone can read my preview from PAX. Just look up Hell Yeah. It'll be right there. Read it now. You can do that while you're listening. Okay, go on, Jason. And uh, I think we'll finally have Aliens Colonial Marines playable, I hope. Well, technically it was playable at PAX, but it was just a multiplayer session where the players played me played Marines and the developers played Yeah, aliens. the problem with the multiplayer demos is they don't always come off well. I didn't really like oh, I... Anarchy Reigns as a multiplayer demo localized last year at E3, but when I played the full demo uh, from the Japanese PSN, I enjoyed that a lot more. And even though uh, I even even the online multiplayer, because uh, once I got used to everything, I thought it was a really fun game. 
I do hope they have. I do hope they just have it sitting out there this year because I've been wanting to play Aliens and they keep not making it available. It's just getting kind of annoying. Yeah, and having to wait in a long booth to watch a. Uh, yeah, just to watch trailer. gameplay, which I did, and it looked kind of cool, but there's not much I can really write about. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not a big Aliens fan. I've barely seen any of the movies, so I guess I can't talk about what I'm seeing. So, hey, um, we, but, we, we should really wrap this up. Uh, yes, we should. We're, I, we, I'm actually almost done here. Any second, you can speak. All right, um, I'm looking forward to Hell Yeah first of all, just because it's it's French, right? It's from a French uh, developer. What, 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 what do you like French games? Rayman. <laughs> they made, I like French humor, and I like all that stuff, so like to me, that's that's going to be funny. Well, um, it does have humor, that's for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, that's just, I'm, for some reason, that humor appeals to me. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to Jet Set Radio. Um, the, what else? Oh, yeah, um, I, I don't really like I don't really know about the Aliens movies, but that game, I think, could be really cool and really scary. And, uh... Oh, yeah, and Sonic Racing, obviously. That, too. All-Stars Racing Transform. Yeah, I, 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 really, I, hate, I hate that name, but I like the game. Yeah, I really do. They should either have called it Sonic All-Stars Racing or so- Sega All-Stars Racing. I don't know. They should have that Sonic in the uh, title. Cause the and is weird. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, get rid of the and, at least. Just Sonic All-Stars Racing. Just go with that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, anyway. Okay, so um, I'm tired. They're tired. So, um, yeah, we all have to get up early to get ready for E3, except for Sega. We've got to get up to watch Nintendos, but that's not till noon. So, <laughs> well, Actually, it's 9 a.m. for me. Not, not for me. Not how about uh, how about you get onto MSN and we can listen and we can comment on it a bit as we watch. Uh, all right, I'll be on the Sega forums too. <laughs> like you say, I said I'll be on Sega forums too. Huh? I'm sure. I'll be at the it. E3 by by the time I the press conference is on. Until I need to write an E3 impressions thread. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, so um, everyone say goodbye. Later, goodbye. guys. Goodbye. And we will be seeing you in two weeks. Uh, until then, you have Sega Bix and Sonic Stadium where you can get all of your E3 coverage. The only Sonic and Sega sites to be doing that. Not that we mean to brag. And, um, oh, one final note. Well, uh, coverage from the show floor, I'm sure every other website. Yeah, coverage from the show floor, the only coverage that really matters. <laughs> and on a final note, Jason Berry recently got his press at press pass from Comic-Con. So he will be giving you live coverage of the Sega and Sonic stuff from that place, too. Hope you enjoy. Bye, everybody. Sega! Everyone, this is the uh, interview section of the podcast for today. And we got on uh, Kelly Parker. Hello. And the uh, Big uh, Baloski himself, Ken Balo. Bonjour. <laughs> you speak Spanish, not French. Yeah, right? But it's so much more fun to do French for right now. Okay. <laughs> We're doing French today, apparently. Buenos dias. Aquí okay. en Sonic México. <laughs> and today we'll be talking, of course, about Sonic 4 Episode 2, the after-launch party we got here. Uh, talking about everything that's uh, been going down since uh, Sonic 4 has been launched. Uh, 
fan feedback and what have you. Um, let's see. Uh, the same sites that seem to have praised episode one seems to be giving poor scores to uh, episode two. I guess a good example would be IGN, who just said, like, Sonic is back, baby, when it came to episode one. And now they're giving episode two, like, a 6.5, saying that, the, you know, physics are good, but the magic's still not there. It's like it's like, it, it's like they're... The, uh, it's like they're uh, going back on what they said before. Um, what do you make of this? Um, well, that is definitely perplexing on one hand. I mean, I think that Episode 2 really... I think that it's a better game in every way, and I think when you ask uh, most uh, press people, and I'm not trying to single anybody out, but I think when you ask fans and most press people, it is a much better game than Episode 1. And we went ahead and made a ton of improvements, everything from graphics to uh, the way he works physically, um, even to the to the type of level we did, adding co-op. Um, it is a bit perplexing, I mean, quite frankly, to, to see that the, it, you know, it's so polarizing. That's definitely something that I'm seeing is, is that it's a very polarizing score. People either really, really liked it, or they just really didn't. Um, I really don't know what to make of it because sometimes I'll read a low review score and they'll say, well, the only thing I really didn't like was the music. So, bam, you know, really low review score. I'm like, well, I just, you know, you kind of don't, just don't know what to say sometimes at that. I mean, um, I, I'm not a reviewer. I'm not an editor. So I really don't know how they do it. I mean, one thing to always keep in mind is that, um, you know, when we did do, um, Episode one, you know, XBLA, PlayStation, it was in a different moment in its in its life as well. I mean, most most games in 2010 were also a lot of ports um, and new games were just starting to come come around. You know, just 2009 was really the year we started seeing brand new XBLA games and PSN games. Now there's a lot of really good games out there. I mean, you obviously have, you know, Castle Crash has been there for a while, but you've got like things like Minecraft and whatnot. So it's a much more competitive landscape. Um so I think that's one thing. And let's be fair, sometimes we're our own biggest competitor. I mean, Generations did a fantastic job uh, also bringing Sonic back into the 2D space. So I think sometimes we're being compared to ourselves, which is really cool on one end. Um, and sometimes just the review scores are going to take that hit. But do I think that Episode 2 is a better game than Episode 1? Absolutely. On every level, um, I, I have yet to meet a player or a press person that is not supporting of that point. Episode 2 is a far superior product, and being able to offer them something for free afterwards is something really cool. Okay, Alex, you get the next question. Okay, are we just asking these things at random? Because I don't uh, see any order to this. Well, we'll just go, uh, you know, take turns. Okay. Um, I, I why uh, I'll, I'll just pick one out of the list. Um, why does Supersonic retain his Episode 1 physics? To be perfectly honest, um, we actually didn't see a whole lot wrong with the Episode 1 physics of Supersonic. If Supersonic always floats, he levitates, um, and he goes through a level in a certain way. Um, he even did back in the classic days. Now, granted, I'm sure there's somebody going to listen to the podcast and go like, no, but in the classics it did this little minute thing. But the reality is we just didn't see a whole lot of difference with it. Now, we could be wrong. It's happened before. Um and if this is a big deal, of course, we obviously would love to hear feedback on it. But quite frankly, no one ever mentioned anything about Supersonic and Ep1 that they didn't like it. And this is really the first time hearing that 
um, somebody is questioning, you know, the physics of the supersonic. So, uh, you know, obviously if it's an issue that people would like to be addressed, uh, support episode two and we might see the saga continue with some more improvements. Okay. okay. Um, oh, I'm hearing myself. <laughs> We'll be using the uh, graphic engine for uh, episode two on any future Sonic games. I, I, I thought it was a really beautiful engine. It's nice, sharp. Very clear. I act, uh, actually said in my review, I kind of prefer it to Generations just because it's got so such a Christmas. Generations and, and Sonic 4 are, are pretty incompatible in the sense in the, the sense that the think, think of everything like a car, right? Right. So I'm building an engine for one type of car and you're building an engine for another type of car and they have completely different values and, and requirements. So um, the, the Generations engine, I would never be able to cram that into what an XBLA game is. I mean, there's a reason why it's on a disc. Right. Um, but will the Episode 2 graphical engine be used again? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a beautiful engine. Um, obviously, uh, when we develop games, when any publisher develops games, if we see something or a piece of tech that we like, we obviously want to see if there's an opportunity to use it again because, you know, why throw away something that's awesome? You don't just trash a Ferrari if it's great. Right. Okay, Alex. What is your favorite zone and why? In in episode one. Uh, episode two. Oh, episode two. Uh, my favorite zone in episode two. Quite frankly, I'd have to say uh, Sky Fortress. I was a huge hey. fan. <laughs> um, I love the fact that we were bringing it back, and we brought it. And I think that's. A, I mean, I can spoiler alert, right? But it's great that you're able to go into that one because it does sort of lead you to the new Death Egg that's being built around uh, Little Planet. So I think it's, it was cool that we organically were able to bring that level back. Um, one thing that we definitely looked at with Ep2 was the levels had to make sense. And um, when you look at Episode Metal, you'll see why the levels of Episode Metal made so much sense, right? It's because essentially that's when Metal Sonic comes back and there's a power source. And basically Episode Metal is all about Metal Sonic being sent to these zones to pick up pieces to rebuild himself. So once he's completely rebuilt, um, you basically see him steal the rocket in um, Splash Hill Zone afterwards, which he eventually uses, and you see him again in, in White Park Zone. So the idea, of course, being that um, I love the fact that we actually are giving um, – we're showing basically the consumers the meanings behind each of these zones and why we chose them. And I, I really like that. That's a cool kind of concept. Yeah, I did love how uh, Episode Metal – when you went to go back to those older levels, it's had a really good challenge to it. I mean, it felt like there was two to three times more badniks <laughs> everywhere there was. Yeah, Plus it's definitely a, a harder, harder one. Yeah, very enjoyable. Okay. Uh, the following is a bit of a joke question based on a true story oh. of what happened last week on our podcast. Uh, uh, well, Sonic... it wasn't on our podcast. Well, no, it, it wasn't was on our podcast. It was podcast. after the podcast, after we recorded. Yeah, because some good stuff comes out of there. Anyway, we were talking about the Sonic fan base and how sometimes it could be a little, you know, weird or pervy, so to speak. And Knuckles wanted to show an example and accidentally ended up with a virus while searching for Big the Cat porn. <laughs> for the record, there isn't any. <laughs> I find that highly suspect, but continue. Okay, now because I'm drawing it right now. Yeah, exactly. I, upload it to the I, internet. I uploaded it myself. No. Now, Ken, uh, Aaron Weber has mentioned on a different content uh, podcast that you uh, really are a huge fan of Big the Cat. There is even, 
I guess, a fan fiction contest. Uh, so the question is, have you ever gotten a virus while searching for Big the Cat porn? And was it as you truly imagined it? Um, have I ever gotten a virus <laughs> looking for that kind of uh, stuff on the Internet? No, no, definitely not a virus. Um, <laughs> I've gotten many other things. <laughs> not on the Internet. But not on the Internet and definitely not on the <laughs> And that's all we're going to say about that subject. No, the great part about the as you truly imagined it, because Ken really did say that. And and there, oh. was some, there was some discussion on our forums that people were convinced that Aaron was the one that said that. And so I don't know, Ken, how you managed to convince people that Aaron was the one that said that. But I, I know that it was you. Sneaky. Yeah, I was like, that was my underhanded way. I'm like, shit. People didn't really know what that meant with that. Oh, no, let's blame Aaron. No. It's a great plan. No, I'm here to set the record straight. That was all you. Yeah, it was me. Well, it was, I should have rephrased that. It's truly as I imagined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> hmm. Moving away from Big the Cat porn, um, <laughs> looking back at the Sonic 4 project at large, what would you say have been the biggest triumphs? And if and is there anything you wish you had done different? Wish had been done differently? Uh, wait, can you repeat that one? Uh, looking back in the looking back at the Sonic 4 project at large. Okay. Which would you say? Oh, this is really poorly written. Um, no, that's okay. That's what, just. I'll, I'll what get would this. you say is the? Have, what would you say have been the biggest triumphs? And is there anything you wish you would have done differently? There we go. I want to say that the biggest triumph of the project as a whole, um, and I, 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 I'm going to sort of speak for the team at large here, is quite frankly the fact that we were able to get the game made. Um, you know, there. You have to understand that um, at the time when we were discussing this project, um, we were going back and forth over the fact that we wanted to do a Sonic digital game, um, and we were discussing what that should be. And there was a group of us who thought, if we're going to do a 2D Sonic, we should simply go and make Sonic 4. Like, just put all our heart into it and and make Sonic 4. That's something that we've been wanting to do for a long time, and. Um, there was obviously internal discussions on whether or not that was the right approach. You know, should we make Sonic 4? Um, is it something that we're ever going to be able to do correctly? I mean, we had finally gotten to the point where, and I've said this in several interviews, and it's the greatest strength and weakness of the product, which is Sonic 4 means something different to everybody because as the years go by, a product like that reaches a certain level of myth, if you will. Um, it means different things to different people, and the older you get the more you look back on nostalgia with what we tended to say rose-colored glasses, right? So um, it's just really indicative, right? Because when I was a kid, um, and I'm going to go on off on a little tangent, but I'll get back to it. I used to love playing the Simpsons arcade game. It was a really fun arcade game. And uh, I remember the game as being awesome, just flat-out awesome. And when it came out on XBLA a couple months ago, I played it with my little brother, um, and he's like, what is this garbage? And I'm like, what do you mean, what is this garbage? And he's like, dude, this is the most boring Simpsons game I've ever played. Like, this is truly trash. And I was like, I don't understand. And what I wasn't understanding was the fact that, to him, games had evolved into a whole new different level. And he didn't understand the concept of quarter munchers. He never grew up with an arcade. He doesn't understand the fact that those games were designed around the fact that you would throw quarters in them, right? So... It was really interesting to see how I looked back on something and how this, you know, 15-year-old kid now looked at something and was like, I don't really understand your love of this. And it happens with things like when I look at Goonies, right? I remember Goonies is just the ultimate in in movies. But to him, he's like, why didn't they just use a cell phone and solve the problem? Like, 
it's just a generational gap, right? So I think once we started talking about it with Sonic, we were like, well, is this something that we can really do it justice? Because Sonic 4 had reached the sort of level of, 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 of myth, right? That we were never going to, and I think we all recognize we were never going to make a game that was everything to everybody. It's just impossible. And, um, but I think what we're trying to do is something in the spirit of it. So to me, the biggest triumph of the project was all of us rallying together making the decision that this was the right way to go, that we need to bring back 2D Sonic. And the fact that we were able to do it episodically and include fan feedback was a really big deal. So I, I, I want to say, quite frankly, the biggest triumph was actually making Sonic 4. Um, I mean, it may sound cheesy, but that's the reality of how I feel. Um, and I think if I could do anything differently... Um, well, that's a tough one, you know? I mean, what could you do differently? I mean... Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that we see internally just because we are so close to the project that I think, you know, we see things that we wanted to do but weren't able to make happen or things that didn't happen quite the way we would have wanted them to. And uh, so I think, you know, we may not even have the best perspective when it comes to that just because we are so close, close to, to it. it. I think what happens is when you work on a game, like when you work on a movie or something you sometimes see what could have been or what the original vision was and then but the consumer will never see that the consumer just sees what the product is right but they don't see the struggles that it took us to get to a certain spot or why we made a decision to not do a certain something right because it's tough those are stories that you can't it's it's tough to really convey to anybody because then you're opening yourself up to people second guessing the decisions that you make and that's always dangerous on a project um but I think that if there's anything I could have done differently, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think obviously looking back now, I wish I would have known that consumers felt so strongly about, you know, Tails being single player. Um, and had I known that that was going to be such a strong thing at the beginning, um, probably yeah. would have voiced that to the to the team early and maybe had made adjustments. But by the time, like, by the time we even knew that that was such a huge issue... Like we couldn't, there was nothing we can do about it because we can't redesign the levels. That's just too expensive. Um, but I wouldn't look at that as a regret so much as a learning opportunity mm. for us going forward, which is honestly the most you can ever ask for when you work on a video game. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised with the whole Tales thing myself. <laughs> that was such a big, you know, deal for them. But I don't that's, that's see a... people complain about that anymore. Yeah, I mean there isn't actually a way to do that. All they got to do is uh go into local co-op, uh, leave the second controller by itself, and they'll, they'll just have Sonic floating behind you while you play as Tails. But anyway, that there is a question about that on the uh, on here. It, it, was there any plans for an update on the pat, on a patch that would allow uh, players to play as Tails with Sonic following? Well, here's the thing. That, that patch... How do I rephrase this? The only, and I said this basically on the forums, the only thing you could possibly do at this point is do a patch, and this is a maybe, I'm not confirming a patch by any means, um, that may allow you to pick either Tails or Sonic as the lead. But would we ever be able to do a patch where you play as Tails alone or Sonic alone? No, never. And I'll just kill that right now because the game mechanics require co-op moves to get through certain yeah. parts of the level. So you're talking, if in order to do a Tails by himself, you're talking about a redesign of the level, and that just there's no way I'm ever going to get that approved. That's just too expensive. 
the cost associated with something like that would be astronomical. I mean, and we're also, talking about millions of dollars here. I'd argue that X, that's also unneeded. It was built up to be a cooperative game, not a single character game. So, I mean, it's not even, you can't play Sonic by himself, you can't play Tails right. by himself. So. Right. <laughs> it's a cooperative game. Yeah, that's that's one thing that's uh, been getting a lot of positives is the co-op. It, it, I wasn't that big on myself, but a lot of people, everybody I talked to, just loves the co-op in this one, especially I think online. When people started playing it; they started really liking it. Although I got a lot of flack for it at the beginning, but that was before consumers got their hands on it. Okay, uh, next question. I noticed. Uh, wait a minute. Did, did you go last or did I go last? Uh, you went last. Okay, you go ahead, Alex. Um. Oh yeah, well, okay. Jason loves hunting down red rings as it allows him to explore the levels more. But in this game, all it gets you is an achievement. Why did they include some in-game incentive like a new new tail sonic power-up? Why did they not include? Sorry. So, I mean, we gave a new Sonic Tails power-up actually within the game if you find them. It's the team pinball thing. Um, you have to really explore to find those, but they are a really cool power-up um, that are only available if you find them in certain areas. The red rings were originally just designed for an achievement, just so you for collectibles. Um, we never really designed them to unlock something extra, but maybe that's good feedback. Uh, I mean, I won't I won't say like that's good feedback for episode three, but that's just good feedback for us to know. It's for future Sonic games and yeah. unnamed Sonic games. Alright, okay, um, now I've noticed that uh, collecting, uh, speaking of something where you collect it, um, uh, collecting all the Chaos Emeralds doesn't seem to change the, uh, ending to the game in the slightest outside of getting rid of the, um, try again screen. Basically, you get the exact same ending as before. When, in comparison to episode one, uh, there's a change right at the, right at the end. Um, why is that? That is something that um, I'm trying to figure out the best way of phrasing that. So there is the real answer that I can't announce yet, or I may never be able to announce it. Um, but there is a reason for that, um, and I'm hoping that I will be able to tell the consumers at one point. Okay. Sorry, it's a very vague, but if I get the opportunity to to do or say something about that, um, you guys will be more than thrilled, actually. <laughs> That's great to um, hear. How, how's the game selling? So it's it's really tough because digital numbers don't come very, uh, like, like it's, it's not like movie sales, right, where I get the numbers right away because it depends on first-party reporting. What I can tell you is that we are doing very, very well with it. Um, Sonic, for example, over the weekend, uh, it was the number two game on Xbox behind Minecraft. Um, so we were top That's of the charts. <laughs> uh, we actually beat Minecraft in iPad games um, over the weekend. Uh, we were num- like the number five or number six game in iOS altogether. Um, we were always above in the with the iPhone. The iPhone has a ton of apps, and I think we were in the top thirty games for the or top thirty apps, which includes games and everything else. For iPhone, um, PlayStation, we did pretty well. I mean, for the most part, I, I don't have um, all the official numbers yet, but I do know that on iOS, we actually are performing a little bit better than F1. 
Wow. So Ooh, I'm really hoping that, you know, we get a lot of support from the community, get a lot of support from our fans. We do even better numbers than Ep1 because that will allow me to have the ammunition to push for future projects. So I guess a certain other Sonic site was a little premature in, in uh, talking about slower sales then. Oh, a certain site that has tends to have misinformation? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Well, if they knew what they were talking about all the time, they'd do real news. Ooh. Um, Sorry. Um, I got a jab for that. Yeah, yeah by the way. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, uh, while episode one had returning bosses from previous games, episode two introduces a few new pieces of Eggman machinery. Uh, Concept Art Fridays revealed the name Egg Serpent Leaf on one. Is there official names for the Eggman bosses found in Oil Desert as well as the last two bosses, like the spinning floor buffer and the giant heart? Yes, there actually are official names for it. Um, the... Shoot, I don't know why they're escaping me around, but there are official names for it. Like the um, Metal Sonic one is the, actually the Metal Carrier. Um, it, uh, you know what? Now that people are actually asking what it was, I'm going to let Kelly announce what the names are officially on the blogs. Okay, I can do that. Because I actually have all the official names. I don't know why they're escaping me right now, probably because I'm playing with this toy. Um, but yes, there are official names for everything, and... I hadn't even realized we hadn't announced them. We'll we'll go ahead and announce them on the blogs. Well, you know, we could uh, we could uh, announce them for you <laughs> through uh, our little podcast. <laughs> he doesn't remember what I they really are. I really don't remember what they are right now. <laughs> All right, yeah. You have to go look it up. I have to go look it up at my glossary. I have I have a Bible for uh, Sonic Four, which tells me the names of everything. Um, huh. So I have to go look, and I have to make sure I, I get the names right. Because sometimes I'll call like. Oil desert, oil ocean. Sometimes, yes, just you do. To, yeah. So I'm just like, I do that all the time. Not confirm something and be like, that lousy bastard Ken Ballas said this and the other, and then I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, before I posted my uh, review on uh, Sonic Stadium, I originally thought Sky Fortress was the exact same name as uh, Sky Fortress uh, before. Instead, somebody corrected me that was Wing Fortress on Sonic yeah. 2. And I made that exact same mistake when I was posting news about Sky Fortress a few months ago. <laughs> Yeah, so those are easier mistakes to make. Uh, okay, go ahead, uh, Alex. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So Sonic One had South Island. Sonic Two had West Side Island, and Sonic Three had Angel Island. Um, the Sonic Four Episode One and Two have an island. A name. Utopia. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, r r sorry. Run through that question again. Okay, uh, Sonic 1 had South Island, Sonic 2 had... Okay, all the, th all the three Sonic games had uh, islands. Had an island where we had South, West, Angel, and they're asking what island Sonic 4 is on. Yeah. If my memory serves me correctly, I think we decided that it was going to be a different part of West Island, but I will find that out. Um, I don't think we were going to say that it was a new island. Um... But that's a darn good question. Wow, that's the first time anyone has ever asked that. <laughs> that we'll was that was one of Barry's. We'll look it up. Really good. Uh, a quick Where sort of note to uh, Angel Island is that the reason it was called Angel Island actually was when Sonic Team was based in um, here in San Francisco, 
Uh, they were wondering what to call the island that Knuckles comes from, and then they were looking out at the San Francisco Bay, and that's Angel Island is there, and that's what they named it after. Huh. It's actually named after Angel Island from the San Francisco Bay. Uh, San, uh, San Francisco, Francisco it's for inspiration, inspiration and Sonic, Sonic games. Well, they were based out of here for so long that, you know, it just inevitably, like, when you look at things like Sonic Adventure or, you know, obviously the redone levels in, in Generations, you'll notice that some of them look like the San Francisco, you know, the hills of San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge, you sort of see, even in Sonic Riders, though, yeah. when Crazy we do a bridge, too, it's yeah. very Golden Gate style. It, it's a very much inspiration here. Okay, episode two's looking pretty awesome on iOS, but it lacks uh, rotation support, making it only playable with the headphone jack towards the bottom where the hands go. Can we expect a, a rotation support to be added in an update? We were going to be doing several updates for uh, episode two. Um, we actually are going to be working on several updates for several of the versions, um, including uh, PC. So Android will get an update, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that will probably be one of the updates, yes. Uh, I can't tell you which one because I don't know which one we're plugging it in, but I know that we are planning on having a couple updates for the game. Um, speaking of iOS, how hard was it to get, to get it on the iPhone iPod Touch? It seems like it's really pushing it. So, sorry? I'm not understanding it. Um, uh, was, how, was it difficult to get the, the system with that, those graphic capabilities uh, onto the uh, iPhone slash iPod Touch? I know uh, like uh, the Android devices had to have certain, uh, certain hardware just to get that game on there. Well, actually, so the way it worked was this. We built a universal binary for um, Episode 2, and um, we did it as much as you could to get it on all the devices. Now, you have to keep in mind that with iOS... A big part is you have to support the lower-end devices as well. It can't just be, you know, I'm only supporting the iPad 3. It's We're also supporting, you know, iPad 2, iPad 1, and all those. Now, when you design that way, um, basically one of the, the things is that, you know, if you're going to de design a universal binary, is there's a positive and negative, right? The positive is that no matter how you buy Episode 2, it will play on all, on all your devices, right? Um, and you don't have to buy like an iPad specific and an iPhone specific. It you buy one and it's good on all your devices. The sort of downside to that is it has to work well at least with the lowest common denominator. Um, so that's one of the things with tech, which we still push the envelope of what it could do, um, but it isn't even the master assets are not at a resolution that would take full advantage of the iPad 3 or the new iPad, as, as Apple's calling it. With Tegra, we were able to really take advantage because that chipset is so powerful graphically that we were able to make, honestly, the closest to the console versions is the Tegra 3 chipset on Android. Now, Tegra 3 has an exclusivity, so you actually can't buy the regular Android version available until another week or so. Um, because we wanted to really help and push and show that, obviously, if you buy it on NVIDIA, with NVIDIA's Tegra 3 chips at first, it's going to look amazing. And it, quite frankly, it looks stellar. It does. It's beautiful. Um, so you'll be able to play it on other Android devices, but it will not look as good as it looks on the on the NVIDIA version. All right. Um, are you 100% uh, satisfied with the physics this time, or is there anything you'd still like to see changed? 
I'm never 100% satisfied, um, and that goes for me on most projects. Um, and again, that goes back to us talking about what the consumer never sees or ideas that were either scrapped or, um, or you know, we just didn't have time or we didn't have budget to implement them. There's stuff I would have loved to have seen, um, but we just didn't have time. Um, I think one thing that I would have loved to have seen was, you know, Metal Sonic, for example, I wanted another cutscene um, where he's picking up another piece of himself. But you only have we only have three, right? Metal Sonic coming back, he gets his power source, and then it's the one where he's stealing the rockets. I wanted to do one more cutscene, but unfortunately, due to budgetary reasons, we couldn't do it. So I'm never a hundred percent happy because I'm like I always push for as much as can be done within the time and budget allotted. From a physics perspective, I'm really happy with how far we've progressed. Do I think it can be better? Of course, I think it can be better. I think anything can be better. Um, uh, this is one of the great things about hearing fan feedback is I'm sure this time around a lot of people are saying, hey, the physics are great, but we want something else changed. Um, and those are the things that you want to hear for for future Sonic games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with where we're at. I mean, I don't want to confuse this. I'm incredibly happy and proud about the product that we came out with. Within the budget and the time that I had to, to, to make something with the team, I think we well over-delivered. We, again much better than F1. I think the physics are miles ahead of where we were at. Um, do I think that we can do better? Absolutely. I think that that's something that I would hope consumers expect from us, which is the next time I see something, it should be better than the previous one. All right. Twice as, lo twice as low review scores. <laughs> huh? And get uh, far lower review scores. You know what? The, you know want to know the numbers that matter to me? The sales numbers and making sure that the fans love it. The user yeah. review scores are the most important to me. The fact that fans have come out and said that, um, you know, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. You listen to the feedback. Those are the things that matter to me the most. Because if the fans are happy, I think that we're going to get all those other scores. But I think that if you if you're only building games for review scores, I think you miss the goal of what building games should be about, and it's, it should be about making people happy. Yeah, and this is why, I, like, in like Eric Weber was... Like that Shinobi game on 3DS. Sorry? Like that Shinobi game on 3DS. Screw the review scores. <laughs> he, <laughs> loves, he loves Shinobi on 3DS. <laughs> yeah, this I think this is why, like, Aaron Weber, when he responded about the uh, kind of the negative or harsh responses that Episode 1 get, got, he, he called them positive feedback. I can understand exactly what he meant by that. Yeah. I mean, we understand people are passionate, and I, at the end of the day, I would rather have people on our forums being upset about something that we did and a 50-page thread passionately arguing about a very small detail than to just have nobody there talking about the game at all. So, you know, we, we, we don't, it's sometimes frustrating to read, but most days we see it as truly passionate fans who are very engaged in and really influenced by what we do. And we love that. Whether that's you're complaining about something or not, we would rather have you there than not. Um, it seems like a Sonic Team Dimps really listened to the fans this time, especially in terms in the terms of physics. Could you go into detail on how this was accomplished? Uh, sure. Uh, basically, what it happened was I had a meeting with um, Izuka-san. Uh, actually, I have many meetings with Izuka-san. Um, almost one every week, you might say. <laughs> um, 
and we discussed the uh, things that we would like improved with episode two, and uh, the physics was one of the things that came up, and we talked about what we would want improved, and so it, it's easier to sometimes, um, it sounds like it's nitpicky, but it's not, you're, you're saying each thing, it's like, okay, when Sonic gets downhill, um, in one of the early builds for up two, Sonic would get downhill, and he would be at the edge of a cliff, right? And you'd tuck and roll him, and he'd roll down, but he wouldn't pick up any speed, or he would sort of speed out. In fact, he'd actually slow down after a while. And we're like, no, 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 no. This is what we're talking about. You have to do this, like this. Like, you have to make sure that you're very expressive when you come to the team and how you uh, convey it. And it's one of the greatest things about the team. It's why I love working with them, um, is that if you tell them very clearly what you are looking for, they will respond in a very positive way. It's when you're vague about it that they don't understand you, and so they make a change thinking that that's what you want, but it isn't. So you have to be very clear, um, and communication is its a two-way street, you know? Um, you know, they're, very, they're trying to be very clear with you, and you have to be the same way with them. So uh, the way that that was implemented was essentially just us having lots of conversations, um, playing builds, saying what we want to change, how it should be changed, um, and that's how you see the physics as they are today. I mean, it's a very collaborative effort. And that's where the fan feedback really comes in as we went through that and we played the early builds and we looked at it and when we talked to the team, we said like this right here at this point is exactly what we're talking about. And, you know, the fan feedback was X, Y, Z about this. And here's specifically what they would like to see changed. And we agree. Yeah. So that's really where the fan feedback came into the process. And so I think some it's people... Critical. I think some people think that we just say that because it's a nice sounding thing to say. It's not a soundbite, for but us. it's it, yeah. we really we really did that. So. Yeah, I think White Art Park Act Two, right at the beginning, that's a great example of just how they've been, you know, really paying attention there. We just go right off on that roll and just keep going faster and faster, and then zoom right off of that uh, lip, just perfect. You know, there's an old saying. Um, which is never sell somebody something unless you think they're going to come back for more. So I think the worst thing to do is tell people you're listening to them, go off and do something totally different and come back with a WTF product. You know, it's, it, I don't like that. I don't like that way of doing business. I like being engaged with my customers. It's why I come on and, and do things like what we're doing right now. I like being engaged with, with the fan base. Um, and ultimately I want them to, to, to enjoy something, be able to give us feedback, we make some changes within, obviously within reason. I mean, we're not going to make Sonic purple um, and then come back and, and do something cool. Well, and I think, too, I mean, the other thing is that we can't address everyone's feedback. We just, there's so many diverse, and like you were saying before, Sonic means something different to everyone. And so, I mean, I, I'm, in reading, you know, all of the fan feedback, you know, a, a lot of times people say, well, all of the Sonic fans want X, which is, not true because two posts later someone else says all of the sonic fans want y and they're diametrically opposed to each other so but what we do we can't do everything that everyone asks us all the time but we really do take fan feedback both individually and on a macro level very seriously yeah i think that's really actually kelly brings up a good point which is like a lot of fans are contradicting each other it's our job as dare I say trained professionals <laughs> oh to read a lot of it see what makes sense and go from there I mean a, a lot of people are like I don't understand why you didn't use classic Sonic but I'm like but there's a lot of modern Sonic fans out there and for every classic Sonic request 
I also get another modern Sonic request saying, no, I love this. So it it's the best thing about our, our, our audience is that they are so diverse and they are so passionately opinionated. Um, but it's our job as professionals to, 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 to sort of make hard decisions and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Right. I mean, there's just so many people who want, you know, some people say, I don't want, I don't want any of these extra characters. I just want to play as Sonic. And then there's others that say, oh, I'd like to be able to play as Shadow and Knuckles again and what have you. It's just, uh, like you said, very diverse. Uh, a lot of it's, I guess, uh, depending on age and such. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the fans, too. I mean, some people will express it in an individual way. I would like to see X, Y, and Z. But what always makes me laugh is when people express it as if they speak for the entire fan base. Don't you know everyone wants this? (laughs) Yeah. That's not true because look three posts away, you guys. That's not true. But everyone thinks that everyone wants what they want. Well, I I have it on very good authority that all Sonic fans want to see Big the Cat replace... uh, Tails as Sonic's partner in the in a in, in a Sonic two Sonic <laughs> two pen. Very There's good. a funny story to why Big the Cat's yeah. one of my favorite characters. It's actually when I came to interview at Sega, I was in a room and um and there was a Big the Cat stuffed animal there, and I had no idea who this character was. I was like, ooh, it's got to be a Sonic character. And um, I, somebody told me that it's this cat that just sits around all day and fishes. And I'm like, that's awesome. He's like this this big cuddly cat that fishes and all of a sudden he was my first sonic plushie that i ever had at the office now i think that as kelly will tell you yeah it's it's, grown yeah it's grown (laughs) the collection has grown yeah massively you ever look into his blank staring eyes and just pretty much like my (laughs) staring eyes man i thought aaron weber was kidding about that No, no, it's just one of those things that's like... So, I mean, I like Big because he was my first real experience when I started coming back to work at Sega. Um, but um, it's just, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I like a lot of the characters. Um, I know Azuka-san has officially retired Big the Cat. Um, there's a lot of other characters that I really do enjoy, but... Oh, I, oh I my God, my, my... Wait, wait, that's, that's actually happening? My, my Easter egg joke came, actually came true? What? That, um, on, on the uh... on April first, uh, Jason had a uh, April Fool's joke saying that uh, Big the Cat was being Not uh... used in any other Sonic yeah. team games. Yeah, they basically said that they really can't. I mean, that's true. They're basically not putting him back into anything right now. Not at least for the foreseeable future. Um, but I think what it comes I, down I, to I... it is finding the right characters that fit the right games. Um, one of the cool things about Sonic is that um, is that we actually um, do have um, a lot of characters. And when it comes down to game design, you have to figure out what does the game need to do and then what characters kind of suit this, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing. So um, when you bring a character in, at least it's my firm belief that when you bring a character in, the character has to have serve a function. Um, so if you're going to bring in, say, Knuckles, for example, right, well, you need to be able to use the Knuckles' abilities. Like, Knuckles has to bring something to the table that Sonic doesn't, that helps you get through the level or solve a puzzle. Gameplay-wise, they're there to, to change up the gameplay. So um, if they're just going to be there just to say hi and then that's it, unless it's story-driven, you're sort of oversaturating your characters, right? Like, the, they, they need to do... There needs to be a purpose to it. That's very true. There is a, quite a bit of an oversaturation right now. Um, I mean, I understand... I, I, I was one. I was kind of suspicious about them 
getting rid of him when the Vector replaced him in the Team Rose and Sonic Free Rises. But I can understand that. Vector's, I guess, uh, a little more likable. Uh, I think he's still uh, popular with the Zookasa because he, he, uh, he recreated them during Sonic Heroes. Well, I mean, when you look at a robot um, or Eggman, I was about to say Robotnik. I know you're going to look at me ugly. Um, still, I'm never he's ugly. Still Robotnik what are you talking about? Um, he's still Robotnik to, to all of us in this um, Basically, the, you know, the idea of him being able to create all these different robots allows you to change up the gameplay significantly. Um, it allows you to change up boss battles. So there's gameplay mechanic-wise. It changes everything, which is a which is something that as a, as a game designer you need, right? You need to have that sort of ability to, to, to let the player experience something different. Yeah, that's something I really liked in Episode 2. Every single boss was very unique and different and a yeah, lot of fun and, to get through. And bringing back Metal Sonic wasn't just because we wanted to tell the story. I mean, the story part is, is absolutely important, but it also, bringing back Metal Sonic allows us to sort of change it up so that it isn't just Eggman that you're fighting, but you're bringing in a different villain with a different set of motivations and a different set of abilities, so, you know, it, it feels, it's not so much as a balancing issue as much as it is a, a um, diversification issue. Um, you know, when you're fighting Eggman, it's always, you know, you know sort of what you're dealing with, but now you've got Metal Sonic, it changes things in a way that's kind of a lot of fun, in my opinion. That's true. Okay, um, did Sonic Team uh, decide to link uh, Sonic's CD with, with Episode 2 after developing Episode 1, or was this before? We had basically written the story of what the Sonic Saga is um, well before we did Episode 1. Um, we always knew we were going to draw that in, even from Episode 1 when we were drawing in uh, CD into it. That was, that was always the plan. That's why you see the Metal Sonic light up at the end. I mean, we knew that's where we were going with this story. Uh, okay, uh, Alex? What would you say to people on the fence, on, uh, on the fence of buying Episode 2? Buy it! <laughs> <laughs> enough of your indecisiveness um i think that it's if uh, if you're on the fence about buying it um I, I think it's you know why are you on the fence right i mean if you're thinking that oh i don't know if it's a great sonic experience well let me clear it up it's an amazing sonic experience um i, I think that if you're on the fence uh, i think that's one of the reasons why we did the metal sonic content right was to say like look you know this is a, a way to thank you guys this is um this is extra content that theoretically, if 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 all I was interested in was the money, if all I was interested in was was just getting as much money as I could, um, you know, I would have charged for it. But I'm not. I'm interested in making you guys happy. I'm interested in giving something back and showing that we know that you guys are supporting us, and we you know we know that that it's about you guys as the fans. So this is our way of saying, hey, thanks for letting F1 be as successful as it was. I have time and resources to give you guys something really cool. Let's go ahead and do that. And so I think if you're on the fence and you're just like, well, I didn't really, you know, I thought Sonic 1 was okay, but I don't know if I'd go with Episode 2. I'm like, do yourself a favor. Like, get Episode 2 because we're giving you something extra as a reward for that owning that Episode 1. So, you know, you're sort of cheating yourself out of 20% extra content that's basically free. Yeah, and a blast to play as well. Yeah. All right. Um, lastly, will there be any surprises for Sonic fans coming out of E3? So if I told you, it wouldn't be a surprise. Right? <laughs> right? Right. So, yes, we have some great stuff coming up at E3. Um, you should definitely stay tuned. We'll be doing a lot of coverage um, on the blogs as well as on our Facebook page and our Twitter account. And, and so you should definitely uh, keep 
paying attention to that, and that is all I can tell you right now. I will be at Halo 4, so... Yeah, we won't uh, be speaking I won't even want to speak English to people. No hablo inglés. Leave <laughs> me alone playing Halo 4. We will have to tether you to yeah. the booth. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see you two there. Okay, thank you very much for coming on, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah thank th- you. I think I it's been a great that. talk. I think we've had a great time. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah.